0: Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, April the 23rd edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host Kurt Chamberlain along with your co-host Pastor Dick Chamberlain and I've got good news. We've got Lucas is back. Yeah. Mr. Lucas Deremus is back from a one-week hiatus. I have no idea what he was doing while he was gone I'm assuming though that he was busier than a one-legged man in a butt kicking contest. Okay. So we're we're thrilled to have him back. <laughs> He's chuckling. Where do you come up with these? Where do you <laughs> I uh, blame the old salty <laughs> yeah. here, guy yeah. here? Yeah. There there were some flaws in my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's Pastor Dick's role. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I blame him for a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. And get away with it too. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Lucas, we're glad you're back. We missed you and our listeners missed you last week. And uh, I'm sure that you have, uh, you're going to make up for lost time here. Right, if I know you and uh, I think I do. So are we, we are still going to be in Proverbs chapters 10 through
1: 29, correct? Yeah, yeah. we've probably, we've got, boy, a couple more weeks maybe in 10 through 29, two or three. Okay. And then we've got chapters 30 and 31, and then we'll be done with the book of Proverbs. Oh, I can hardly wait till we
0: do 31. The virtuous woman. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I do too.
1: Uh, that's one of my yes. favorite
0: chapters. So, okay. Uh, so what what's our subject matter tonight, though?
1: Well, tonight, uh, you know, we generally think of Proverbs about sanctification and telling us how to act, you know, the wise is like this, the foolish is like this, yeah. but yeah. Proverbs actually has quite a bit to say about who God is, uh, his character, yes. Yes. his ability, how he treats us, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So tonight's going to be all about God, which if you've been listening to Pastor Dix of God's from the... Romans chapter one, Mm -hmm. this is going to fit extremely nicely.
0: Ah, Uh,
1: Pastor Dick, I remember, I think it was about when you started that your series, you said something like, if you just study the of gods in chapter one, you'll learn, you know, a lot about God or a whole lot or about everything you need to know, something like that. What Proverbs has to say about Proverbs is very similar. Yeah. Um, if you study what Proverbs has to say about God, you will very quickly have a lot of things figured out um, That's it. about how to do it. So, um, you know, and gosh, this study is by no means exhaustive about who God is. Um, I don't think there is an exhaustive study of that out there. That's complete because <laughs> it's unknowable. Yeah. Um, well, there are some things that
0: are unknowable. Yeah.
1: yeah and, and, and I'm not, uh, downing anybody that's ever written a book just about who God is. That's not downing their ability or their book or their knowledge. It's just saying that God's beyond uh, what we can understand. Yet he gave us 66 books to understand him, and that's all we need. So we're going to talk about who God is in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to start in chapter 10. Again, this is chapter 10 through 29, and we're just going to go through them. So this is chapter 10, verse 3. It says, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desire of the wicked. Now, most of the verses in that we're going to talk about in Proverbs mention the, the Lord. And depending right. on your Bible, you might have Lord in all caps. Yeah. And what that means is that is the God's name. Um, sometimes you hear it pronounced Jehovah. Sometimes you hear it Yahweh. Uh, personally, I prefer Yahweh, but I, I think the uh, the general opinion is no one totally knows how to pronounce it. And so whenever you hear the Lord, uh, that's who we're talking about, the name of God. And his, the name means has a lot to do with his ability. So anyway, that's an aside, but the Lord will not allow this righteous soul to famish. Well, if you're acting the correct way, he's going to fill you with what you need. Now, that's kind of an interesting one because we can look at a lot of people in the Bible and see that they went through some uh, terrible things. Yeah. But, you know, I always think, and I think I've read it multiple times, but the verse in Timothy where Paul says that God delivered him out of all of his persecutions. Paul went through some pretty rough things. We
0: were in that today. Oh,
1: great. Well, I I, I haven't heard it yet, but I'll be listening to it tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Were you going to comment on it? Because I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. The the floor is yours, sir. (laughs) So so I don't think that Paul uh, was ever famished. Now, if he was famished, it was not because God wasn't willing to feed him. Uh, It was because Paul, who still was a human and still had a sin nature, uh, wasn't following God when he should. And so when he says he casts away the desire of the wicked, uh, that's the difference, is that if you're a righteous soul, if you're doing the right thing, uh, which means you're already a believer, and then you're doing the right thing, um, God will supply you with what you need. But if you're acting wickedly, he's going to cast that desire away. Now, sometimes that might still mean you get what you want, but it's not going to fulfill your desire. Well, why? Because if you're trying to fill your desire with earthly things, you're never going to be filled and you're always going to need more. So God is the fulfillment of that. Is Go the ahead. verse, uh, godliness with contentedness is great gain. Is that, uh, is that what it says? It's something close to that. Or if we are content, we will be happy. Boy, yeah. I'm, I'm probably sure. butchering those verses, but <laughs> all right. Chapter 10, verse 22, it says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich And he has and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, the rich here, I again, generally in Proverbs, when it's talking about being rich, it is about generally talking about money. But when it's talking about the blessing of the Lord, I don't think it's talking about only money. Right. And uh, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. He adds no sorrow with it. So when you are blessed by God, you do not need to feel sad about it you do not need to feel guilty. Uh, There was a guy I used to work with actually, and I heard him on a couple of different occasions talk about a really nice guitar he had that he saved up his money for and bought it. I mean, he, he worked and earned it. And then he would talk about his truck, that he had a nice truck. And sometimes he would talk about his house and he just had this guilt over him that I shouldn't have these nice things. And I always wanted to say to him, you know, like, look, if you got those deceptively, yeah, you should feel guilty. But in his case, none of them were. Yeah. It was just that, look, you saved up your money and bought a nice guitar. There's no reason to be feel guilty about that. And if you feel guilty, sell it. You know, I mean, it was just this like hanging guilt, but he never actually did anything about it. You know, I think maybe it was his way to kind of make him feel like he was keeping himself honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, but anyway, when you're blessed by God, don't feel sad about it. Don't feel guilty. Um, and this is one of the things, you know, I know our podcast has heard in more than just the United States. Um, we're pretty privileged in the United States. Would you guys say so? Absolutely. Uh, I would agree. Yep. Um, you know, our country's not perfect and, you know, we talk about things like that on this podcast, but still we are far more privileged and blessed than a lot of countries in the world. True. Uh, We should not feel guilty or sad about that. What should we do? Well, we should use our resources wisely to bless God. Yes. Whether it's giving to other ministries, whether it's giving to missionaries, whether it's helping people here, because it's not like America doesn't have the homeless or the poor or anything like that. We should not feel guilty about living in America or being an American or anything like that. We should use all that time and energy resources wisely. Uh, Moving on, chapter 11, verse 20, it says, those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. Now, we generally understand that if you're doing perverse things, uh, God doesn't like that. But sometimes even believers, we just think God's kind of waiting for us to mess up. Uh, We feel like God's never really happy with us. Uh, that we can't really please him. Uh, But this says the blameless in their ways are his delight. Uh, Did you know that God delights in you when you follow what his word says? Yes. And isn't that a wonderful understanding and feeling that God is delighted in you? Yes. (laughs) And sometimes sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Um, So, and it just, you know, verses like that are extremely encouraging to me. Uh, chapter 14, verse 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Yeah. Now that's repeated in chapter 16, verse 25. There is a way that seems that right seems to correct. a man, but, but the its end, end thereof are the ways of death. That's right. So, uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, whenever you ponder to yourself, um, think about things, I don't I talk to myself. I don't mind it, admitting that. Um, it's the only form of truly intelligent conversation. Wow. You know, I don't, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> um, wow. I, hope uh, not, I hope Sarah's not listening to this. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, you're uh, in trouble. No. <laughs> uh, 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 but, you know, when you're thinking about your, you know, your situations and what you would do, isn't it kind of funny how we're always right in our own thoughts? <laughs> At least um, I am yeah at least I am when I think and talk to myself. I'm always right. Everybody else is always wrong and if they would just do it my way, then you know everything would be better. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yes yeah. boy, that is the way that seems right to a man seems right to Lucas, but its end is the way of death. Um, if I actually acted on everything that I thought about, I, boy, I, I don't even know what state I'd be in. It wouldn't be where I am now. That's all I can yeah. say. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so this verse, you know, and you know, when you're pondering to yourself uh, and you're kind of thinking you're right about everything, why don't you stop and pray and ask God for the answer? Yeah. Because, you know, it's not saying that your thoughts are never right. And we're going to actually get to your, get to some verses that tell us when our thoughts are correct. Um, but we got to be very careful about what seems right to us yeah. because very often it's the way that leads to death. All right. Chapter 15, verse three, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God always sees you. He always knows what you're doing. Um, you're never going to surprise him. Um, he's everywhere. And so, you know, sometimes parents will use this on on kids, you know, God sees what you're doing. And it's very true. But us adults, sometimes we should realize the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, That no matter where we are, what we're doing, God sees it. Yeah. And uh, he's ubiquitous. Yep. And notice also it says keeping watch on the evil. God knows what the evil are up to. Yeah. And uh, he's going to judge them for it. And he's angry with them every day. And we're, we're going to get to a number of verses in Proverbs where it talks about that very thing, which you just quoted, Curtis. So just remember that, that God's on the watch for everything. We don't have to have this idea that, well, if I was in charge, I would do it this way, you know, or such and such like that. Um, you know, and it's interesting, I think about this. Sometimes we ask the question, well, why does God allow you know, whatever that is, why does God allow people to do this or that? Um, you notice how we never question why God does things in our life that are good. We never question that. We never said, why did God just bless me with this amazing job that I just got? We never question that, but we question, well, why did that happen?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Well, maybe our problem is just, it's not necessarily questioning why God did something, but our lack of understanding of who he is. <laughs>
0: that he's keeping watch
1: on the evil and good, and he's working it all out. All right. Chapter 15, verse eight. It says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Mm. So we read a verse a little bit ago that said the blameless in their ways are his delight. So when you're acting the right way, God's delighted in you. Notice that the prayer of the upright is his delight. Did you know that whenever you pray, God is delighted by that? Yes. Now, notice it says prayer of the upright. So you're not praying for selfish reasons, but God is delighted whenever we pray. That's pretty cool. And, you know, honestly, I can say I should probably pray a lot more than I do. So there's there's my self-reflection. Ah, but the other part here, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Mm. Sacrifice. Well, that's a religious activity, isn't it? Uh, we can be, yes. Mm-hmm. So can the wicked still do religious things? Oh, well, indeed they can. Let's just ask, uh, I don't know, let's,
0: well, let's ask Klaus Schwab.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and can they, and Curtis, uh, can, the, can the wicked be in, say, a church? and keep up with religious things? Well, in
0: that case I would refer you to Anton Sandor Levey out in San Diego, California. Oh, I, don't I
1: know who that is, huh? Oh, I know who that is, but I was I was just referring to even a Christian church. Are well, that we, too? Yeah, are, of course. Are we saying there's wicked people in the church that are still keeping oh, up with religious indeed. things? Indeed we are. Hmm? Um, If you look at the history of Israel, especially, say, in the book of Jeremiah, which I know you quote to me, what you will find is that all the Israelites were still doing things that the law told them to do. But they were not believers, and they were doing a whole bunch of other things to other gods as well. Yeah. And so the sacrifice of the wicked... Is an abomination to the Lord. Look, when you're just say, we could say going through the motions, um, we could say you know a number of things, but you're still doing religious things. That's an abomination to the Lord, and we yeah. need to be very careful about that. Uh, the next verse, right after verse nine, is very much like it. Chapter fifteen, verse nine, it says, "The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but He loves him who follows righteousness." So not only is their religious stuff an abomination, but just their way acting and doing wicked things—that's an abomination to the Lord. So he, you know, what'd you say, Curtis? He—he's uh, angry with the Lord every day. It's an abomination what they're doing. Yeah. Whoever whoever they are. Yeah. But he loves him who follows righteousness. God loves you when you follow righteousness. Well, what's the first and foremost thing that he loves to follow righteousness when you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yeah. He loves that. Immediately he loves you. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he justifies you. That's right. Immediately. And it, yep. And, and all the, what, 30-some things that happen when you place your faith in Christ. And then when you continue to follow righteousness, when you keep doing things God says, he loves you. Uh, chapter fifteen, verse eleven. Boy, this is this is an interesting verse. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. So, how much more the hearts of the sons of men? What is this verb? What is this verse saying? Hell and destruction are before the Lord. God knows that He is going to uh, send people to hell. Yep. He knows that they're going to be destroyed there. Now, he's going to send them there based on whether they believed in him or not. So he's not just, you know, pointing a finger and wiping them out. No, it's based on their faith. But he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows mm-hmm. how bad that is. He knows what's happening. So if that's true, how much more does he know the hearts of the sons of men? He knows what's in everybody's heart. He's like open books. Yep. There is nobody who can hide every, anything from God. And, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned books, uh, the hell and destruction. The people that are going to go there uh, before they are sent to the lake of fire, the everlasting place they'll be, books will be opened. Yep. And yep. those books will be a record of their life. That's right.
0: With regard to God already knowing who's going to be in hell um uh, jesus uh, in john chapter 6 verse 64 it says for jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not mm-hmm. and who should betray him yep he already so,
1: knew yep god knows all died of this them, already
0: died for them anyway didn't he
1: and that's exactly right he did it anyway even though he knew they wouldn't believe in them boy that's uh that's a hard one to wrap our head around. Yeah. Cuz I can tell you I wouldn't die for somebody that I knew wouldn't do anything with a sacrifice like that.
0: Yeah, but then again, we're not God either, are we?
1: It's and it's a good thing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, chapter 15 verse 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Um so the pride, the prideful people, pride out there uh, that will be destroyed one day. And if you're listening to this and you're a widow, uh, man or a woman, if you're a widow, God has a special place for you. It says he'll establish the boundary of the widow. Mm-hmm. Um, God has a special way that he takes care of widows. I think orphans are often thrown in there too, that God has a special way he deals with widows and orphans. Um, And if you are a widow and you don't feel cared for by God, call out to him. Pray to him because he wants to take care of you. As hard as it may be in whatever situation you're in, he wants to. So call out to him and he will help. Uh, All right. Chapter 15, verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Um, If you're praying and you don't feel like your prayers are heard. Um, maybe it's because your behavior isn't right with God. Maybe there's unconfessed sin in your life. You know, I don't know what it is, but he, I know this, he hears the prayer of the righteous, but he's far from the wicked. So when you're praying, that's maybe, maybe that's why in, uh, God gives us in the model prayer to confess our sins every time we pray, (laughs) because that helps him, helps us be in right fellowship with him and he hears that. And if he, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. First John 1:9 uh, chapter 16 verse 1, it says, "The preparations of a heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. <laughs> uh, th- this is one of those verses, you know we uh, Pastor Dick, well and Curtis, you know every once in a while listeners we'll, we'll talk about how we prepare, for a yeah. podcast or whatever. Um, I am pretty open and honest that I don't write down everything I'm going to say. Um, I, I don't, you know, I have a general outline, but if I'm honest, usually I like to memorize that outline the best I can. So I don't even have to look at it. Yeah. And, and,
0: right. and,
1: uh, and the preparations of a heart belong to man. So I'm studying. Um, I am being prepared the best I can because that's all in my heart. Yeah. But the exact words I'm going to say, yeah. I rarely plan those out.
0: I never do. Yeah, And, yeah. and, I, and I seldom do. But uh, mm-hmm. when you get to be my age, you'll start writing stuff down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. But I'll probably forget it when I'm your age. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I like to say that I, uh, I went down to Walgreens and bought a box of Prevagen for my memory. Mm-hmm. And I brought it home. And I forgot where I put it. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks for laughing. Yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, so when you're talking to somebody, uh, the Bible's not saying to never prepare what you're going to say. Right. It's just being open that the answer of the tongue is from the Lord, because you've got to follow the conversation. Uh, you've got to follow where somebody's going to lead, and if mm-hmm. you're prepared, God will give you those correct words. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, And that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, I really like that verse. Chapter 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Uh, Boy, didn't I talk about how I was always right to myself? Um, (laughs) Chapter 21, verse 2 is very similar. It says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. So what this is saying here is, you know, I mentioned whenever I think to myself and I'm always right, well, God weighs my spirit. God weighs my heart. He's saying, Lucas, I know why you're thinking what you're thinking. And I know whether you're prideful about what you're thinking, what you're thinking. And, you know, because again, it's not saying that when you think to yourself, you're never right. It's just saying God's going to weigh all that. He knows the reason and why you're thinking that are you doing it from a pure heart or are you doing it from a not pure heart? Um, you know, I, I, ha- I said something this week that I made sure I told the person that I had to think about what I said first, because my first thing I was thinking of saying sounded a lot like complaining. And I truly wasn't complaining, but the way I was thinking about saying it sure sounded like I was. So I had to stop and think about how to phrase it to make sure I didn't sound complaining. And when I communicated it, I don't think that even came up with who i was talking to yeah. so you know it's always pure in your own eyes but the lord weighs your spirits <laughs> he knows mm-hmm. all right this next verse chapter 16 verse 4 uh boy this kind of hits us in the forehead the lord has made all for himself yes even the wicked for the day of doom. oh oh um god again god knows that there are going to be people in hell for eternity And some, you know, I've had this question come up. Well, if he did that, well, why did he create everything? Why would he create the world and people and angels who he knew were just going to go to hell? And I say, I don't know, but he did. (laughs) You know, I know, you know, other verses indicate that he created everything for his glory. Well, how is he glorified by people going to hell? Well, I know. Part of that is because he's righteous and they aren't. So it's righteous for him to judge that. I know that's part of it, but at the end of the day, I don't know. God just did. Yeah. 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 And by, by the way, Titus
0: chapter two says it plainly, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Mm-hmm. And so everybody had a shot at it.
1: That's, and that's right. Okay. So So, yeah, I I don't have all the answers. I can tell you a few things the Bible says about it, but you know what? God made it all, and he knew what was going to happen. He did it anyway.
0: I think he allows those things uh, uh, because, you know, his holy name is attached to uh, everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it puts me in mind of the covenant he made with Abraham and then Israel, you know became stiff-necked and stubborn and they fell away from the lord and and uh he he had to chide them and he said hey you know you guys are screwing up uh, but that i made you a promise that i'm going to keep it not because you're doing anything good it's because of my holy name is attached to it
1: yeah for my name's sake that's right yep.
0: wish i could recall the the passage number yeah i don't but talking about uh, when you get to heaven the Apostle Paul said, then shall I know, mm-hmm. even as also I am known. Right. So you're right. There's coming a time when we'll know, but it isn't here.
1: Yep. And and I say it like this because the Bible gives us reasons why God did everything. But I've noticed that um, people aren't often satisfied by those reasons. Right. And, and you know, that's okay. Um but you know, God did it, and we yeah. can trust in that that He did the right thing because of who He is.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's why it's important to believe. <laughs> so yeah. we don't end up in the wrong place. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 16, verse 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join fo- excuse me, though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Mm-hmm. So uh, a big part of pride is thinking you can save yourself, Uh, uh, thinking you don't need a savior, thinking you can work hard enough, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone proud in heart, you know, is abomination Lord. Um, So that's one form of pride. Now, the other pride is honestly just fighting against God. Uh, We're going to see that in the tribulation a lot. They're going to amass a huge army and go out and be prideful enough to think they can defeat the creator of the universe. Yeah. Though they join forces. No. Yeah, if, if we all get
0: together to save the planet, we, we can do it. Yeah. We can save it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Um, boy, that's a that's a rabbit hole Curtis. I'm not going to go down. That was you you just lofted me such a softball, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to I got a lot of verses to get. I was trying to. (laughs) Uh, Yes, there are lots of efforts all through human means to whether it's save the planet, uh, end hunger, um, you know, whatever it is. But those are, you know, those are things that only God's going to fix. That's right. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Uh, maybe that'll be a different podcast someday, because <laughs> that was a that was a major softball, and boy, I really want to really want to hit it. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna move on. Okay, chapter sixteen, verse seven. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Oh, now man. I. I I will tell you, I struggle with this verse. Me too. And the reason why is because I see lots of evidence in the Bible where a man's ways did please the Lord and he didn't have a whole lot of peace. Right. Um, and so I think, think this verse, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I struggle with it because uh, God can make enemies go in and out of peace with you. Sure. Um, however, I think it's also this. It doesn't say he makes even all his enemies be at peace with him. Right. Um, I think there's some things to do with that. I think it also has to do with some things that as evil is proliferated, um, there are more and more enemies that God keeps many of them at peace with you, but not necessarily all of them. Um, And so, you know, I'm just bringing up that maybe I struggle with this verse. Because in our modern day, we've got so many enemies as believers, Boy. but at the same time, I will tell you, I've experienced lots of peace in my life. So maybe there's a way I just don't understand this verse yet. You know, maybe, maybe I don't get it. I guess I'm just admitting that here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's okay. Still, you're still
0: alive. I'm still alive. Curtis is still alive. God's not finished with us yet. So mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, Pastor Dick, I think the way you said it was you're in your 80s and you have maybe 1% of the Bible figured out. (laughs) So so
0: if that's all you have figured out, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Where am I at? You know, okay. Uh, Chapter 16, verse 9 A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Uh, This is an interesting verse to me because I've taken this to heart. And you know, when I when I, I have a job, you know, career, whatever, you, whatever, if you want to, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, and sometimes it'll come up. Well, where do you want to be in five years? Or what's the ultimate position you want? Or how far do you go? Or maybe what certifications you want? Do you want to go back to school? You know, all these things. Um, what goals do you have? I don't know if you've ever heard that, Curtis. I know I have. A uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and my answer to that is generally the Lord is directing my steps. Uh, Whatever he puts in front of me, that's what I'm going to do my best at. And I think I can ascertain a certain direction God wants me to go. But you know what? All my plans don't really matter if the Lord's directing my steps. That's right.
0: Again, I can't remember the. Address of the scripture, it says, whatever they find it to do, do it with, do thy, do it with thy might.
1: That's right. And, and notice this verse isn't saying you never plan your way or you don't have any plan. That's not what it's saying. It's saying as you plan your way, the Lord is going to direct your steps. Yeah. Meaning he's either going to go, your plan is either going to be the same as God's or he's going to change it. And you better be open to that. Yeah, kind of thing so okay chapter 16 verse 33 the lot is cast into the lap but every decision is from the lord Uh, the story i think of with this one is always jonah you know jonah's on the boat jonah's on the boat the storm's really bad and what do all the sailors do (laughs) they cast (laughs) lots that's right oh well by golly who does the lot fall on (laughs) Poor old Jonah. Jonah. Well, I wonder why. Well, it's because God is in charge of those slots. Uh, yeah. Even when we think things are random, they're not. <laughs> and God has got control of all of that. So, that I don't know about you guys, but that causes me to pause a little bit when I think about even if I flip a coin and just guess whether it's heads or tails, it has no bearing on anything. It doesn't mean anything. There's no consequence. God even decided if it was going to be heads or tails. Yeah. And he's in charge of that. That's, I don't know, that just kind of, he, he created the universe, yet a coin flip matters also. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> kind of, it just kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 17, verse three, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold but the lord tests the hearts Mm. what does a refining pot do for silver and gold well Mm. it it burns the dross well it removes the dross the The stuff that's not pure and it purifies it Mm -hmm. you're able to separate that dross ah but the lord tests the hearts so in the same way that a refining pot will remove uh you know, the, the actual gold and silver from whatever isn't gold and silver, God is going to test your heart. He is going to make certain what's done for his glory and what's done for your glory. You're never going to fool him, and he's always going to know. And you can be sure of that just as a refining pot works in silver and gold. <laughs> so make sure we have pure, pure motives. Um, <clears throat> You know, I think sometimes, Curtis, you know, we do this podcast and I can think to myself, well, of course, I'm doing it for you, God. But am I always? You know, sometimes it should cause us to pause a little bit. I think I am. And I think some although I will tell you something that helps, Curtis, is that enormous paycheck you pay me every week. Well, you know, yeah. that that, uh, that really helps keep me humble about why I'm doing
0: this. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been doing this for 2 years and and uh, neither one of us has a nickel because of it. So,
1: That's right. Say,
0: so you're not alone, buddy. Yeah. I've, I've been cutting you checks for several months now and and my balance has never changed. <laughs>
1: yeah well I think that's because I never get the check so something I gotta check the mail or something I don't know something gonna... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now none of us are getting paid for this and and you know what as I as I get older and I see how ministries are done and things like that, I, I I'm actually thankful for that Curtis. Um, yeah I, I, we, I, we, we are
0: too we are too that's we're of the same mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're on the same team there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and you know, I—I I just, uh, I'm getting close to being done with the book I'm writing, and I've already written three. And Curtis, you've written one. You know, it'd be nice to sell a few more books, sure. But you know, there's something about it that keeps you humble that yeah. I really do appreciate. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: I'm going to do an episode on crowns one of these days. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a reward for me.
1: Yep. Yeah, and we can count on that. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, chapter seven, verse fifteen: He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. So when you're when you're calling evil good and good, good evil, evil, yeah, that's that's an abomination. And and Curtis, we don't see much of that today, do we? Hardly any at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We can't um, get away from seeing it. Yeah, and and you know. I'll just throw this out there. How do we know what good and not good is? Um,
0: well, it, that's called discernment. Mm-hmm. And uh, you better be asking the Lord for wisdom where, where discernment is concerned. Yep.
1: And that discernment is found in 66 books that he gave us. That's correct. So if so, we got to know what's right and wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Amen. Uh, If you think of a tower, it's a defensive structure. And uh, it's not easily taken down, but it's very easy to defend. Uh, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now, we talked a little bit about this name has a lot to do with ability. Yes, And so you, you could almost say the ability of the Lord is a strong tower, his ability to protect us, to preserve us, uh, to establish us, bless us, the righteous run to it and are safe. The only place we're really going to be safe is in God's ability. And so if we're depending on anything else to keep us safe, uh. Our, our safety is misplaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean God's never going to let us go through trouble. He, sure. he, Jesus flat out told us in this world, you will have tribulation. But what did he say right after that? Be of good cheer. I have I overcome have the world. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, it's the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Run to it and be safe. Oh, this next verse. Here we go. I'm going to make up for what I said earlier. Chapter 19, verse 14. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And so now I hope you guys were kind of joking with me about my wife listening. Well, now I hope she is. I do Uh, too. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, uh, husbands out there, do we realize that a prudent wife, sensible, common sense, it's a gift from God do we really recognize that, that our wives are a gift from God? Um, I think if we, and again, that's, we're going to do chapter 31. I can barely wait because I just love that chapter and it it gives me a chance to talk all about my wife and just marriage in general. Yeah. Um, and so a prudent wife is from the Lord. I am extremely thankful that God has blessed me with such a prudent wife because she sure is. Uh, Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers. So, uh, you know, when, you, when God or when your dad leaves you something, maybe even a grandpa, that's from them. But they didn't give you your wife. <laughs> God did. Um, now, I, I, I spoke to husbands. Wives, do you realize you're a gift to your husbands? It goes both ways. Husbands, we need to treat our wives like a gift, and wives, you need to realize you're a gift. So, you know, marriage is a marriage is a very complicated thing. Yet it's also so simple, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. chapter 19, verse 17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. Uh, Do we realize that when we give to the poor, we're actually giving to God? Uh, That should shake us up a little bit when we think about money that we do or don't want to give. You know, I, we live in an area where, you know, we drive in Peoria and we will see people on the side of the road. And I'm not saying all those people are honest. Maybe some of them aren't, but you know what? If I give to them, I'm giving to the Lord. And it's not really up to me to decide whether they're honest or not. Now, if, you know, God leads you to ask them questions and you discover they're not honest, that's fine. Um, You know, God led you to it and you used your discernment, go for it. But sometimes you need to just give. And when you do that, you're giving to the Lord. Notice here, it also says, and he will pay back what he has given. God will pay you back for what you give to the poor. Now, does that mean he'll give it to you also in money? Not necessarily. Maybe it'll be the lack of a bill you get so you don't have to spend money that he's going to give it back to you. There you go. <laughs> you know, a lot of ways to see that. Yep, uh, maybe it's just in a blessing that doesn't have anything to do with money. Um, but whatever it is, uh, we need to be giving our money to the poor. Um, and that's, that's something we should do. Uh, chapter 19, verse 21. There are many man- plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Uh, Boy, I love that. Uh, Boy, I don't know about you guys. I make lots of plans about what I'm going to do. And you know what? I kind of end up doing what I think God wants me to do. Because if you're faithful to him and asking him what you should do, that's counsel from God. That's going to stand. Whereas man's plans, I don't know, are frequently fail. We'll just put it that way. So As you're making your plans, make sure you're seeking the Lord's counsel because those are going to direct whether those plans should be executed or not and whether they're going to succeed. Chapter 20, verse 12, the hearing eye, or excuse me, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Uh, This is just one of those statements in Proverbs just saying, look, God made everything. God made your senses. God made you. He made it, yep. and we should realize he's the creator. Chapter 20, verse 22. Do not say, I will recompense for evil. Re- <laughs> did I do this last time? Do not say, I will. Re- re- <laughs> can you do it, Curtis? I know. <laughs> sure, uh, I can. Re-
0: say not thou, I will recompense evil, <laughs> but wait on the Lord, and he shall save
1: thee. I don't know why I can't say that word. I just can't.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I struggle
1: with it. Don't Yeah, go it, ahead. It's a sticker. Yeah. I guess so. I I look at it and my brain just jumbles the letters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so I'll just I'll I'll say it in a different I'll I'll, I'll use a paraphrase version. How about that? There you um, go. Don't think that when somebody does evil something evil to us, we're the ones who get to get back at them for what they did. That's right. Wait for the Lord, as in you don't have to do something immediately. In fact, generally, you don't have to do anything at all. Nope. God's going to save you or deliver you. That's right. So let that happen. You know, sometimes uh, I'm called easygoing, and I am a very easygoing person. Uh, This is one of those reasons why, because I'm waiting on the Lord to handle things. Now, when I need to not be easygoing, I'm not. Um, I think, (laughs) but, uh, but wait on the Lord. He'll save you. Um, let God take care of all those things. Sure. You just, you know, you do your best and let God take care of it. Uh, chapter 20, verse 27, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. So this is, we, we talked we had a couple verses talking about how, uh, God knows everything you're thinking. He's weighing your spirits, he's testing your heart, you know, whatever it is. The spirit of a man, so your your soul, your being, that is the lamp of the Lord, as in your very soul, your consciousness, your mind, what, your heart, whatever you want to call it, that is actually what allows God to see into your soul, <laughs> sort of a weird way to say it, but um, but the spirit of of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Your spirit lights up everything the Lord needs to see. Not that he couldn't see it anyway, but it lights it up for him to see. Uh, I love this next verse, chapter 21, verse one. Because, you know, when we talk about things in the government that aren't going right, you know, we make comments. This verse is a good one to keep in mind. Chapter 21, verse one. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Oh. Uh, one biblical example of this is Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. I, be- I believe, if I'm right, God even called Nebuchadnezzar his servant. He yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, now, Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan man. Um, I personally think he did end up believing by the end I of his life. It. Yeah, uh, I really um, firmly believe that. Yep. But for much of his life, he was not yet God called him his servant. Yeah. Uh, you can find places in Ezekiel where God specifically directed Nebuchadnezzar even through Nebuchadnezzar's divination practices. That's right. And so if God wants to turn the king's heart to have him do something, he'll do it. Yeah. Now, let's forward to modern day. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, whether that's a uh, Xi Jinping, whether that's uh, Vladimir Putin, whether that's uh, uh, Joe Biden, whether that's, uh, boy, what's the uh, the guy, the prime minister of Canada? Boy, I can't think of his name offhand. Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, that's Trudeau. his name. Yep. If God wants them to act in a certain way, he will have them do it. Yeah. Um, and so when we pray for our government, that's something to keep in mind is that God is actually the one in charge of the King's heart. And so we just, it's a good thing to keep in mind as you're praying for your leaders, that God can lead them wherever he wants. Um, now we know prophetically where we're going right now, that yes, yeah. most likely our leaders aren't gonna turn our country toward anything uh, godly, maybe we could say.
0: That's right.
1: But the proverb is still true that the king's heart is in the hand of, man, of the Lord. So keep that in mind as you're praying that God can always turn things the way he wants to. Uh, chapter one, 21, verse 3. To do j- righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now we talked earlier about how the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. And so this, your sacrifice, your religious acts are far less important than doing righteousness and justice. Um, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. Um, he said, you know, go and learn what this means. You know, and, and, did he, and did he say, you know, I desire mercy and not sacrifice? And Jesus even said, you should have learned what that means and still done the other things. meaning. God's not saying here that the sacrifices he called the Old Testament Jews to do, he's not saying they're not important or you shouldn't do them. He's not saying that. He's saying it's more important to live righteously and justly than to do all those religious things I told you to do, even though you still need to do them, because I commanded you to. Because guess what? If you're living righteously and justly, you will do those sacrificial things. Mm -hmm. Now, us in the church, we don't make sacrifices anymore. Uh, we might call them sacraments, where we have baptism and communion or the Lord's Supper. Um, it's far more important to do righteousness and justice than to have baptism and communion. However, if you have righteousness and justice, you will get baptized and participate in the Lord's Supper. Yeah, does, does that make sense? Okay, I'm starting It makes perfect sense. Circling for myself. Okay. Chapter 21, verse 12, the righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Um, God knows what the wickedness or what the wicked are doing, and they're going to be judged for it. Um, so as we keep growing closer to the rapture, things are going to keep getting worse. Run to the name of the Lord. It's a strong tower because he knows what the wicked are doing, and they're going to be overthrown eventually even though the i mean the antichrist will rule for 7 years he will be overthrown now uh, we win in the end okay chapter 21 verse 30 there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the lord what it's saying here there is no doctrine that you can find anywhere else that will stand against the lord as true Anything that's true is going to align with what God has already said. There's no wisdom, understand, or counsel against the Lord. Um, You know, sometimes we say it like this. uh, When we get, when people that don't believe get up to heaven, they will have no excuse. Uh, There will be no reasoning that they can give God for why they didn't believe that will work. Right. That God will say, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. <laughs> you know, God will never say that. <clears throat> There's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. Uh, chapter 21, verse 31. I love this verse. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Now, we've kind of talked this about this a few times in a couple different verses. If you're going to go into battle you need to prepare your horse as in you need to get ready for the battle. You need to train. You need to get proper armor. You need to get the proper weapons, all those things, but the winning of the battle that is going to come from God. Mm -hmm. Now, just as we've said a couple of times, this is not saying don't prepare. It absolutely is saying prepare, but deliverance is of the Lord. <clears throat> now, this is a maybe an interesting point for me to bring up because I'm younger than you guys. I sometimes think about my savings or my investments, my 401k. Um, and this is something I struggle with because I look at this, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. I should be saving. Um, I should have a retirement plan. But I also think, you know, if I fall or get in a car crash or something, all those savings could go away in an instant. So I need to understand that my deliverance is still of the Lord. Absolutely. Um, and maybe that means I need to invest more. Uh, I don't really know. I just know that God is the one who's going to take care of me in the end, not my 401k. Yep. Yep. Am I on track with that, uh, Pastor David? Yep. Not like I'm calling uh, it old, but you're yeah. old. so. Yeah, it's
0: not it's not <laughs> like you're talking to a millionaire or anything like that but, but yes yeah you're, you're right you're spot on with
1: it because you use the scriptures to say it mm-hmm. so yeah I did not I did not just say don't put away money. God absolutely says to do that but mm-hmm. God's the one that's going to deliver you. That's it all right chapter 22 verse 12. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he overthrows the words of the faithfulness. Uh, Boy, you want to win an argument? Uh, Go read your Bible. Um, You want to win a debate? Go read your Bible. Um, And that's what we need to stand on is God's truth.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge. He's where knowledge is preserved, and he overthrows the words of the faithless. Um, one common tactic, uh, Curtis. I know. You, I know you know this. Of Saul Alinsky, is uh, name calling. Oh boy! You, you ever notice in the news that if somebody can't stand up to an argument, they just start calling people names? Yep. And we could, you know, we could rattle those off if we wanted. But name calling is an effective way to not have to deal with somebody's argument. Yeah. But one day, those words will be overthrown. And we can rest in that. Uh, Chapter 22, verse 12. Oh, looks like it went out of order. Don't you love it when you find mistakes in your notes? Okay. (laughs) The the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. Yeah. Huh. Wait, you mean God made the rich and the poor? Wait, God God allows people to be rich and poor and God's still the God of both of them? Mm Mm-hmm. And you mean... If I'm not rich, I have in common with the people that are rich that God made us both. That's right. And and does that mean that God has a reason I'm not rich? Yes. Boy, that that should cause us to pause a little bit about our station in life. That's
0: good. That's exactly right.
1: They have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. Yeah. Uh, I love this next verse. This is chapter 24, verse 12. This verse and again, I you kind of contemplate this for a while. If you say, surely we did not know this. Does he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? Mm-hmm. What is this verse saying? It's saying that God does not tell us everything all the time. Right. That let's say we're in a crossroads in life. Um and we don't know which way to go. And we make a choice, and maybe it doesn't end up the way we thought it did. What this verse is saying is, God knows that he did not give you clear direction on which way to go. He wanted you to trust him. And just because it didn't turn out the way maybe you thought it would, maybe that increased your faith quite a bit. God knows all that. He knows what information he's giving us. So when we say, God, I'm not sure what decision to make. I'm just going to keep doing this. He weighs the hearts. He knows our soul. And he's going to render to each of us according to our deeds. And, you know, come to think of it, Pastor Dick, maybe God doesn't give us all the answers because he wants us to just trust him. And maybe when we don't know exactly what to do, but we still have to do something, and we do it and it doesn't turn out maybe the way we want maybe god's using us that to grow our faith in him cuz maybe that decision leads to another decision that causes us to trust him and that decision you know and we could just keep going yeah. so so don't ever feel that you that uh, god doesn't understand what you're going through he always does and he always knows exactly what he's putting you through and he wants you to, to trust him. Chapter 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, mm. but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. One of my favorite verses. Yeah. Uh, now, Kurt, I have an idea of, the, of what I, the example I think of concealing a matter. Um, Curtis, since you said it's your favorite verse, do you kind of have something that you have in mind when you read this verse? Oh, <laughs> the Bible's filled with examples mm-hmm. the whole book of revelation is
0: is uh, a case in point there there are lots of things that are plainly understood in, in revelation but there are some things where everybody goes huh that's a head scratcher what does that mean I I don't know uh, and even the Old Testament is filled with with things that uh, we don't maybe, completely understand god's reasoning or why this happened or why he caused this to happen but but uh if we study the entire counsel of god invariably we can probably find out because we're told to seek it out search out Mm -hmm. the answer
1: yep yeah my uh,
0: why would he tell us to search out an answer if there wasn't an answer?
1: Yeah. And why would
0: he say, I, I will show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, Curtis, that's excellent. My example was the, church. No the church. The church was concealed for a very long time in history. It was. Yes. But, you know, it's quite a glory to search out what the church is, why yes. God's using it. Um, all those things. So, yeah, but all the ideas and revelation and all that. Yeah. I, I love all that. So it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of Kings is to search it out. Um, right. because he wants us to study. He wants us to learn. Yeah. Uh, chapter 26, verse 10, the great God who formed everything gives the fool, his hire and the transgressor, his wages. Um, mm-hmm. I believe, is it the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says God causes the sun to rise on both the just and the unjust? That's right. Um, God is the creator, and he's still sustaining the fool and the transgressor. He's given them food every day. The sun's rising on them just like it's rising on me. And you know what? Um, Sometimes we might not think that's totally right. Uh, Because they're foolish or they're sinning a lot or they're prideful or they're doing lots of nasty things, whatever it is. And sometimes I just think, well, I'm I'm glad God allowed me the time to be a fool and a transgressor before I believed in him. And maybe they will believe in him, too. You know, it just causes us to pause that God's taking care of everybody. He's working it out. And he wants us to share the gospel. So they end up believing in him also.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, chapter 26, verse 2. Oh, another mistake. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. <laughs> so like these birds who might have trouble flying, uh, a curse without cause shall not alight. My example I think of here is Balaam. Uh, Balak hired Balaam to try to curse the Israelites. Uh, Balak was extremely scared of getting conquered, so he tried to have Balaam curse them.
0: Yeah.
1: And as the story goes, God ended up using Balaam to bless the Israelites greatly. Now, uh, Balak and Balaam were still very subversive um, because they caused the Israelites to sin. But you know what? God eventually judged them for it because God had them kill all the Midianites and Moabites.
0: <clears throat>
1: so, uh, a curse without a light, that's basically trying to make something bad happen to somebody so you can do something bad to them or you can overcome them or whatever it is. So, curse without cause, it won't come to anything. God won't allow it to happen. <clears throat> Chapter 29, verse 13. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. Oh, I missed it. That was a copy or the repeated proverb of one before. Or no, 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 excuse me. There's a reason I didn't do that. Don't you remember? Don't you love it when you forget your own notes? Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the the verse before it, that was like, it was the rich and the poor. Yeah. But in this verse, it's the poor and the oppressor, mm-hmm. which are sometimes the same thing. Um. But even if you're being oppressed, realize that God made them too. Yeah. Uh, what does it say in the New Testament that uh, we're supposed to serve our masters, mm-hmm. even if they're non-believers? Mm-hmm. Um, and mast- if you're a master, you're supposed to be treating your servants well. You know. So uh, the poor and the poor man and the oppressor have this in common. God gave light to the eyes of both. He created them. Uh, last verse. Many seek, sorry, chapter 29, verse 26. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your justice does not come from the court system. Nope. Um, Your justice does not come from a bank. Doesn't come from the church either. Good one. It doesn't come from the church. Uh, Doesn't come from the government. Um, your justice doesn't come to them. Now, many seek the ruler's favor. What does that mean? It means that many people are going to try to do things in order to avoid punishment or get in somebody's good graces. Um, but justice for a man comes from the Lord. Now, when I say that, I'm, you know, I'm saying some people treat people nicely in order to gain their favor not necessarily saying that's wrong because we should be treating people kindly and nicely and all those sorts of things. But justice for a man comes from the Lord. Um, You want to be justified, do what's right in God's eyes. Uh, Maybe that means uh, don't lie. Maybe that means admit that you did something wrong. Uh, you know, who knows what it means in whatever situation, but justice for a man's comes from the Lord. You do the right thing. You tell the truth. You walk in righteousness. Uh, you correct people if they need to be corrected. You receive correction, whatever it is. Justice from a man comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from trying to gain favor with a bunch of people, even though that might be beneficial sometimes. Uh, In the end, justice for a man comes from the Lord. Amen. Um, And and to close out, um, maybe we could also say that justice in the end comes from the Lord, too. Um, It doesn't come from becoming a priest. Um, It doesn't come from whatever church you're a part of. Um, It doesn't come from, you know, doing the right thing in society. Um, trying to be a part of all the right groups and are maybe trying to save the planet or whatever it is. Um, justice in the end comes from your faith in Jesus Christ who died for you and rose from the grave. And you need to believe that. And when you do, God justifies you. He forgives you of your sin and he gives you eternal life. And we want that to happen to you because we Amen. want to see you in heaven someday. Amen. And if you're already a believer, justice still comes from the Lord. You do the right thing, no matter what it is and wherever you are, and God will justify you for it. Amen. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. So that finished, I think we went a little long, but that finishes up all the Proverbs about God in the book of Proverbs. So we have, you know, a couple, two, maybe three more weeks, maybe even four of chapters 10 through 29.
0: Good. Um, it's,
1: it's we can stay in those all year if you yeah. want yeah uh, you yeah you probably could if you really wanted to yeah. <laughs> nice going yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, may i suggest just one thing uh sure yeah use some scriptures when you say stuff <laughs> okay i'll try my best you do a good job of it yeah <laughs> you use the scriptures rightly and and that's where the strength comes from. Yep. Thy mm-hmm. word is truth, Jesus said, to his father. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Okay. All right, that's Curtis, fine. take us home. Oh, all right. Fantastic. Uh, another uh, very educational hour and and an uplifting one, too. Yeah, to How about turning right. the camera away from me now? Oh, you okay. <laughs> you can do that. Um, Lucas, thank you again for, for that, uh, hour tonight, Mm -hmm. man. Our listeners are very pleased that you're back and so are we. So, and we look forward to this, doing this again next Saturday night with you. And, uh, I'm sure our listeners are also looking forward to it. Um, I want to remind you that we will be on the air again, Tuesday morning with Dr. J B Hickson. I happen to already know what the, um, the subject matter is going to be. <laughs> uh, th- this is, a, is an, and it's going to be a good one. Trust me. Uh, it, it's going to be, what's the word I want to use? Oh, it will be an epic discussion. <laughs> it okay. really will. Uh, you'll see what I mean. So tune in Tuesday morning. You, you don't want to miss it. Um, So until Tuesday morning, uh, when we are able to be with Dr. Hickson again, um, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off, and may God bless and keep you. We'll see you Tuesday.